So if you do a gun of a tabach machar on a shore, say pay hamisha baki shan tachas hashor. Bar b'tzon tachas hashor. How come if he stole the behemah, it's five baker and he stole sets, it's only four times as much? Why is it different? Igmar gives time for other mitzvahs also. So, so, um, so the Igmar means here there's an opinion that everything in the Chumash just chukim. That's how the Ramam writes. That's our motion. And it's true, it quotes Rashi and Brachas. And this same Gemara appears in Brachas. This Mishnah, the whole thing appears in Gemara Brachas. So the so Ramosha finds that very hard to believe that there was such an opinion. He thought that Pshat and the Gemara was not the way the Rambam understood. That there was an opinion that there no time for any mitzvahs at all. There can't be such an opinion. Not that, the, like the Ram says, it was outvoted. He doesn't believe there are chukim and there are mishpatim. But he says what the Gemara meant to say is a different thing. You're saying that the reason why we observe the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKan, and the reason why I observe the mitzvah of Osevez Benolo, Sushchatu Biyoyim Echod, is out of Achmanes, we observe it, we don't observe mitzvahs because we think they make sense. Even if it's a mitzvah that makes sense. We have to observe mitzvahs because Hashem Kedoshana B'Mitzvah Yisav Yitzivanu. That's, we have to have in mind, this is, mitzvah means mitzvah, it's a commandment. Not that a mitzvah is a good thing to do. Mitzvah is a commandment, we do it because we're HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as Mechayavos. Baruch Shalom has very good reasons. A lot of times we can understand the reason, and sometimes we can't understand the reason. We don't understand, but every mitzvah must have, must have a good reason. It cannot be that there's a sheet that the mitzvah is, everything was only given uh, to keep us, Keep us in line that we should realize that we're avodim takavim brachim. Whatever he says, we have to do. No, we have to do it because we're mitzvah. But it does make sense. Anyway, so the Gemara says, Gemara <coughs> gives these two explanations why why you shouldn't offer, why you shouldn't compose such a piyut. Apparently, in the days of the Tanaim, also they used to add piyutim in the middle of the davening. People would compose their own piyutim. Then we learn the next line. Some people have the attitude whenever something good happens, we bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And something bad happens, we don't bless Him. So the Gemara says, that's not right. We spoke a little bit about it. It doesn't mean that you say the same Nusach The text of the Baruch depends on your perception. If your perception is that it's a teva, then you say, Shachyonu wa ha-teva Depending if you share the teva with others, then you say, ha-teva If the teva is only to you alone, then you can't say, ha-teva So you say, Shachyonu. <coughs> and if your perception is that it's a, a tragedy that occurred, then the Nusach HaBroch has to be, Baruch Dain Ho-Emes. The Gmo just says, in Broches, the Gmo explains, when you say the Baruch Baruch Dino Emes, you have to say the simple hard. How can you have the simple? The Palestinian terrorists killed over a thousand people in one day. How can you say Dino Emes the simple? We're supposed to have a Muna. They call my daughter Rachmona Latavo. That's called Tzidik Adin. He said, Tzadik Hashem Bechold Whenever a terrible tragedy occurs, we believe that it's really the terrible. And they had that Gemara and Brachas, it's towards the end of Brachas, the Gemara tells the story about Rabbi Akiva was a Talmud of Nachal Nish Gamzu, 
Rachel was a Tana. The Gemara never quotes any halachas from him. Gemara just says he had a different tradition from Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel is the one who said, and so on. And the Gemara says in the beginning of Shavuos that Rabbi Akiva was a Talman and Nachal Gamzu, and his tradition was that there is no Kalala Prat Prataklal Kalala Prataklal. It's Ribu and Miut, Miut for Ribu and Ribu Miut for Ribu, and it's an Apkemina Ladina. Whether you dash in Kalala Prataklal or you dash in Ribu and Miut Ribu, that's the Gemara in the beginning of Shavuos, around Abdalit or so. So Rabbi Akiva was a Talman and Nachal Gamzu and Halacha and Midish Atarin Adveshes Ben, and in Hashkafa as well. In Ashkafe, he was known as Nachamish Gamzu because he kept on saying Gamzu the Taivim. He was chosen by the community to bring a gift to the to the governor, I think, and he brought uh, he prepared a whole box full of jewelry, full of precious jewelry, and then it was stolen, and then a nisim in a floss. And every time a tragedy occurred on his way to give the gift to the emperor, to the or to the governor at Eretz Yisrael at that time, so he kept on saying. Gamzu the Teva, Gamzu the Teva. So Rabbi Kiva picked it up from him that uh, that's what Sirik Adin is all about. There's a, there was, he's still alive, there was a, a certain rabbi who had smicha from an Orthodox yeshiva, we're fortunate not from our yeshiva, an Orthodox yeshiva in Brooklyn who published his uh, his hashkafe that uh, the Jews today are not obligated to observe any mitzvahs, and anybody observes any mitzvahs is any mitzvah Why? Because he he was a professor, he used to be a professor in yeshiva in a college, so he uh, professors give grades to the students. So he gave the Rabbanu Shalom an F, the Rabbanu Shalom failed, the Rabbanu Shalom didn't live up to his promise. Rabbanu Shalom promised that protect the Jewish people. During the Holocaust, he didn't take care of us. So since he didn't live up to his half of the deal, so we're not going to live up to our half of the deal either. That he's, he, the professor has to be more learned than the students in order to give them a grade. So he, apparently he thinks that he's more learned than the Rabbanu Shalom. So he gives the Rabbanu Shalom an F minus. He, gives, he says he failed us. So since the Rabbanu Shalom didn't live up to his uh, half of the deal, we're not mechayev to live up to. So we're not mechayev. No one's mechayev to observe any mitzvahs today. So this fellow has a big organization. He's a member of the Biblical Council of America, and they wanted to uh, uh, oust him. He's not an Orthodox rabbi. They say mitzvahs are not binding today. That's not uh, Orthodox. So he's, his organization has a lot of money. So they threatened to sue the RCA, so they couldn't get rid of him. So I think he's still a member of the RCA. But that's not an orthodox position. We believe in the concept of Tzidik Adin. We say, Tzidik Hashem B'chol D'Rachov. We don't understand it, but we say, Kol Bandav Rachman on the top of it. They just honored this professor, and they put out a whole book in his honor. So the title of the book is a Torah giant. He's considered a Torah giant. He said, anti-Torah giant. Not a Torah giant. He's an anti-Torah giant. They say that mitzvahs are not binding. That's the whole concept of Tzidik Adin. We accept the Ruah of the Simcha. You're supposed to say the Dainahemis Besimcha with the Amuna, that it's, uh, everything is Lataiva, even though we can't, absolutely cannot understand it at all. So that's what these Apikrushim said. We should praise HaKadosh Baruch when something good happens, something bad happens. We don't attribute it to the Rabban Shalom. The Rabban Shalom is not in full control of the world. He only does the things that are good, and he doesn't do the bad things. 
he does a, he Baruch can control of everything and he is good and uh, and we don't understand it so every day it says, every day. Until he created everything in the world. So what is Toib Miyot? So the Medrash has a comment. Toib Miyot Zahamavis. Toib Miyot Zahamavis. Mavis is usually assumed to be a tragedy. So that's what I think the Mephoshim say. That's the standard shot on that Medrash. People only live so long. People, some people live to over a hundred years old, but not too much longer. So we only see a hundred years of world history. We don't see so much. If we would see everything from the beginning to the end, then we would realize that even a mother is also told me of. Even things that are perception, because we have a limited uh, scope, we only see the hundred years that we live in. We don't see everything from the beginning of the world to the end. If we would see everything, then we would understand that everything is Latayva. So that's the Mishnah. That's Mishaskim mostly. You're not allowed to say that. Because the Rabbanisham has control of everything, and everything is really Latayva. If a person says, Maidim, Maidim, Mishaskim also. You're not allowed to say that because the Gemara says, It looks as if you believe in more than one God. So I think we must have mentioned last week there's a very popular niggin that they like to play at all the weddings. So when we marry off our children, and when Son of Us get married, so we should tell the, the orchestra they shouldn't play that niggin. There's a niggin they sing, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod, and they keep on repeating, repeating, repeating. So it sounds as if there are many gods. Again, So the Mishnah says that's not right. That's Mechzikish So that's Mishas Kemosi. He's supposed to shut him up. He's supposed to tell him right away. He's supposed to, he's supposed to stop him. Tell him you're not allowed to say Moedim Moedim. Then he more quotes, but sometimes he say Moedim Moedim is Meguna, but it's not Mishas Kemosi. Tell him quietly later on. He shouldn't say it like that. Then the Gemara says, it depends. If he says the whole sentence twice, then it's Mexikish Tevishuiz. But if he, oh, he says Shema Yisrael, the whole sentence twice. What if he says say Shema? And then there's a difference between pronunciation of an Allah from pronunciation of an Ayin. So he says again Shema to make it sound like an Ayin is supposed to sound. He keeps on repeating words till he gets it, till he gets the correct pronunciation that he wanted in the first place. So the Gemara said, that's not Mishas Kamosa, that's just Maguna. That's not right. So there are people who daven like that. It takes them forever <laughs> to say Kriyashma. They keep on repeating words, they keep on repeating things till they think that they got it uh, correctly. Now, so Rechik told us that his uncle, Ravavala, was Yadua. There's a certain Tamachacham who visits Wayu a few times a year. And he learned by one of the Talmidim of Ravavala Salavechik. So not only Radovala Salavechi used to repeat the words in Kriyashma, it took him a very long time. He kept on repeating words till he felt that he got the pronunciation correct. Several of his Tamidim also picked up that practice. So Rechi told us that when he was a young, uh, a very young teenager, I think, probably during the First World War, so the, the, I think he said the war was going on. So Radovala Salavechi was, I think, single at that time. So in Brisk it was dangerous. Uh, because of the wars, uh, he, wherever his father was, maybe in Warsaw, I don't know. 
So Ravdavala ran away from, from where the fighting was, and he stayed by Ramosha Soloveitchik, who was married, and the Rav was born already at that time. So he used to sit near his uncle. And uh, after Ravdavala left, so Rav Soloveitchik picked this up from his uncle to keep on repeating words in Shema till he gets the absolute correct pronunciation. So his father slapped him, and he said he should stop imitating Velvel Shtick. He said he is Mach nicht noch Velvel Shtick. He shouldn't imitate. Now, Velvel had certain humorous, but other things that he didn't like, or Moshe didn't like. So he uh, he slapped him. The Rav sister writes this story in her book. This is um, Meiselman. This is Meiselman writes in her book when she wrote about the family. She, he toned, she toned it down. When she translated into English what the father said when he slapped him, she toned it down. Well, when the Rav told over this story, that's the way he said. His father was angry. He said, Rebel had a lot of hummus like that, but like Ptia uh, Shaifa. He would blow Shaifa all day long, this way and that way and the other way, all the different possibilities of blowing Truis and Ptias and Shvarim, all, all the different. Perhaps Alechi didn't have that tradition. You don't blow Shaifa all day long, you blow Shaifa and Shaifa. Within the Mea Koilas, you do different things. So some of the, here in the Yeshiva, so the Baltikeya doesn't do all of these, doesn't blow shofar all day long to satisfy all the opinions. If we blow shofar to satisfy a little bit. Shulchan Aruch says, you blow shvarim to our b'shim achas and b'shim to satisfy the both opinions. But uh, some of the rabbeim and the yeshiva, after the davening is all over, so they blow shofar another half hour to satisfy, like Rav Elvila's stuff. That, that was never the tradition here in Ayeshiva, we never did that. The Gemara says, if you keep on repeating words, the Gemara says, maybe he's repeating words in, in Kriya Shema, Shema Shema, maybe he's repeating words because he didn't pronounce it properly the first time, we didn't have Kavana the first time, and that's what motivates him to say it again the second time. So the Gemara says, so that's not proper. You shouldn't have Kabbalah the first time. You should prepare himself before he starts. You should, it's improper that he should keep on repeating words. So Rashi has a comment, I think, in Brochus, when the same Gemara appears. Rashi says that it sounds like he's making leitzonis. If he's repeating, not repeating the whole Pasuk. He's repeating just, every word he's repeating a few times. It sounds like he's making leitzonis from the whole Kriyashma. So the, so Moshe Feinstein quotes the Mishnah Gura has a suffix, I think, if that's the pshat, so maybe you're not Yotzei Krishma if you keep on repeating words. If, if the recitation of Krishna sounds like Jonas, so that doesn't sound like Kabbalah Salmachah So the Mishnah Bura, I think, is Mesupik. And Moshe quotes it, and he thinks that if it sounds like Jonas, then you're not Yotzei Krishna. Krishna has to be recited. It should seem that it's a serious Kabbalah Salmachah If it sounds like Jonas, so Moshe thought, the Stabbat that you're not Yotzei. Then the Mishnah continues, Hamachana Barai is Mishaskimos. If a person interprets uh, So that's in the parsha of Arayis, Achemos Kedoshim. And it goes on Gili Arayis. Either it goes on Mishkab Zoha with the father, the Gemara has a machlekes satanaim and Sanhedrin. What does it mean? What does it mean? So one pshat is it goes on Mishkav Zohar with the father. 
Mishnah Zoch is always Chayiv Misa. So what do you need? He's Chayiv Misa anyway. So the Gemara says, if he did it, Bishoigig, it would be Chayiv two Chatois. One Chatois because of Mishnah Zoch, one Chatois because it's his father. And then the other Pshat is, Eves Sadiqa Lo Sigal, it goes on Eshe Sadiqa. It doesn't go on Mishkav Zoch with the father, it goes on Eshe Sadiqa, his stepmother. So the... Um, so the Mishnah says there are some people who will interpret the psukim in an allegorical style. means you shouldn't reveal anything embarrassing about your parents. If there's if there are skeletons in the closet in the family, you shouldn't tell your wife about it. You shouldn't tell the public about it. Don't be mefarsin. goes on embarrassing things. So that's, uh, if someone says that pshat, Meshaskin also, that's not Meshaskin also, Benazifa. Why Meshaskin also, Benazifa? So what does Rashi say? Because that's not, that's not pshat in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, whoever does this is Chayv Kuris. I mean, if you say something embarrassing about your parents, you're Chayv Kuris. You're not Chayv Kuris. There goes on Gilead Rice. It doesn't go on saying, on revealing secrets in the family, the skeletons, the skeletons in the closet. And then the last thing, the Mishnahs also, there are those who interpreted Psukim incorrectly. Ho'emer, one who interprets, M'zarach al-Asitam l'Havel ha'Moylech, was a practice centuries ago that they would have two fires on the right and on the left and they would take the young children and they would have them pass in between the two fires as a ritual for some Abedizar. The Abedizar was the Moilach. And some, very often the children would die. They would get burned to death. Sometimes they would survive. They wouldn't die. So the Havala Moilach, the Prosik says that if a person does that, there's a Chi there's a of Chorus. There's a Chi of Chorus. And man, if you do it, Bishoigeg, like Abedizar, there's a Chi of Chorus, Bemezid. And if you do it b'shogig, then you have to bring a chatos. So if you're going to interpret the lasit and lahaver lamoylach, not shutos on this practice that they had to have the children pass with the two fathers, they used to interpret mizarcha lasit and lahaver lamoylach. Don't marry a non-Jewish spouse. A man should not marry a non-Jewish woman because the children will not be Jewish. Mizarcha lasit and lahaver lamoylach. You shouldn't marry a non-Jewish woman because then your children will not be Jewish. So then you're interpreting the Pesach that there's Chorus and there's Chatos, uh, one who marries a non-Jewish woman. And Rashi said, that's not true. There is no Chorus and there is no Chatos. And Chatos is not both Ben Edom and You can't volunteer a Chatos. Either you're Mechoyib and you have to bring it. Or if you're not Mechoyib, you can't volunteer. So one who reinterprets the Pesach, that's a false interpretation. The Gemara talks, the Gemara Nabo Dezor, the Gemara Sanhedrin talks about what exactly is the prohibition of uh, intermarriage. So the Gemara says it's based on the Pasuk, Loises Chatan Bam. In both directions, there's an Isra of intermarriage in both directions. In one direction, is more common than the other. If a Jewish man marries a non Jewish woman, that's considered like Shmad. In Europe, the meaning used to be that if a Jewish person, Jewish man would marry a non Jewish woman, the family was Sitchiva. That was equivalent of Shema. The other direction, it doesn't seem that there was such a minig. If a Jewish girl marries a non-Jewish man, the children will be Jewish. Children will be Jewish. That's an Adairin. That's like even Chazan, like the Imachal Shabbos. 
That's an aver, but it's not considered the equivalent of shmat. If the Jewish man marries a non-Jewish woman, the children won't be Jewish. So that's the end of the line. There was Jewishness in the family since the days of Mamet Sinai, or if this fellow is a descendant from Gerim for many, many generations back, they don't know how far back. And now he's the last one in the line who's going to be Jewish because he married a non-Jewish woman. So that's equivalent to Shmad, and the meaning used to be that they were such Here in America years ago, there was a famous mm-hmm. case, probably 60, 70 years ago, maybe a little less, around 70 years ago, that there was a prominent Tamachacham uh, whose daughter married a Nochri. So the rabbi, the father, sat Shiva. I don't think that that was the meaning in Europe. If a Jewish girl married a non-Jewish man, I don't think that was the meaning that they sat Shiva, but he wanted to show his balabatim that he doesn't approve. So he, uh, so he cut his ties with the daughter. Then the daughter uh, realized that it didn't work out, and she got divorced from the guy, and she married a Jewish husband. But it was a tragedy when she married the guy. So the Gemara talks about the prohibitions of intermarriage. So the Gemara talks about Boel Aramis Bifahesia is Kanoim Pogimbo. Boel Aramis Bifahesia means everybody knows that he's living with an office. What if he's Boel Aramis Bitsina? So then there's no din of Kanoim Pogimbo. Is it an Isa de Raisa, but there's no punishment Kanoim Pogimbo? Or maybe it's only an Isa de Rabban. Maybe this Aloha Moshe Messina Boel Aramis Bifahesia Maybe the Isa. Is only the first, maybe Bitsin is no Issa. So the Beishmul and Amenazah quotes, I think the Ran in Sanhedrin has two opinions about that. And I think the accepted opinion in the Poskim is that it is an Issa Deraisa. Well, Aramis Bitsin, even if it's not public knowledge, is an Issa Deraisa. The only thing is there's no Kano in Pogimon. And the Gemara Sanhedrin quotes a Posik that one who lives with a Nochris, one who lives with a Nochris, is Chayv Koris Midibri Kabola. In the Chumash, it never says Yechayv Koris. But in the Novi, there's a Posek that said, Kibol Basel Nechor, Yachar Sashem Leishahu, Erbiyonim. The Gemara quotes the Posek, it's Koris Midibri Kabola. It means in Chumash, it never says that one who marries a Nochris is Chayv Koris, but it's a Posek in Novi. The Vimaksuvim is usually called the Dibri Kabola. Dibri Kabola is. Um, and the first half in Baba Kama, the Gemara has a statement, Divi term, Divi Kabbalah, lo yafina. He can't establish a Dinder Raisa based on Psukim and Novi. Maybe it's a Dinder Rabbanan, or, or, or maybe it's a higher level of a Rabbanan that has the approval of the Beslan Shalmaila because it was incorporated into the Nevi'im. So that's a question, how do you pronounce that word, Divi Kabbalah? So uh, the Shita Mukubetzes on the first half in Bavakama, says the correct pronunciation is divrei kivvolo. Likbol is to complain. So the Nevi'im have the function of complaining to the Jewish people when they do Averis. So Nevi'im, Torah Nevi'im Aksuvim. So Nevi'im is called divrei kivvolo. Ksuvim is not divrei kivvolo. The, the Ksuvim don't, uh, are not giving Musa, but the, the job of an Abi is to give Musa when they're banishaloylam. So they already knew, we speak about this every so often, they already knew from the time of the Chet Hamaraglim that there will be a Golos when the Jews will enter it, so they will be sent into Golos and that the Beis Hamikdash will be Chorev. 
So the, in the Chumash, it's not that clear. And it seems, shows you where, where it says in the Chumash, Imalich Lodi Eskalhar, it says, that means the Jews will be sent into Golas. But uh, in the Chumash, it's not that clear. It's Beferish and Yechaskal and Tehillim. So the Beferish, on the occasion of the Chetam Raglam, they were told when they go, the Chetam Raglam was when they were still in the Midbar, the beginning of the 40 years in the Midbar. So they were told that when the Beis HaMikdash will be built, it will be destroyed, the Jews will be sent to the Golas. So when Shlomo Melech built the first Beis HaMikdash, he knew that it was going to be destroyed, and he said, Biroch HaKodesh, and Shir Hashem, what's going to be with the second Beis HaMikdash that will be built after the seven years of Golas Babel? Will that be the everlasting Beis HaMikdash, or will that also, that Mikdash will also be destroyed? So he said, Biroch HaKodesh, Mchayim Lehi Nibna Lehatir Askesef, so the Gemara has an additional level of interpretation. This is not Pshutu Shalnik. The Gemara has an additional level of interpretation. If at the end of the seven years of Golis Babel, all the Jews will return back to Eretz Yisrael, everyone will return, then the second day will be like a metal structure. And metal in our record shows it, but metal is not going to rot away. So that has a double meaning. The Gemara says in human, the first part, number one, Baisheni will be everlasting, it won't be destroyed. And number two, HaKadosh Baruch will continue to send us to the Yim to give us Tochacha. The Jewish people will not rot away. When we do our various, HaKadosh Baruch will send them Avi, and they'll give us Tochacha, and they will be able to straighten ourselves out. However, in Delasi, the second half of that post, if hardly anybody will come back after the seven years of Golis Bavel, then the Baishani will also be like a wooden bungalow, like a wooden hut. Eris, Eris cedar, it's a type of a tree. So, with a double meaning. Number one, the Baishani will be Kharev, and that's what happened. Hardly anybody came back. The Gemara says, Psukim say, 40,000 Jews for change came out. There were hundreds of thousands of Jews in Bobo. The one most of the people didn't want to come back. They enjoyed it very much in, in both. They didn't want to come back there at Israel. Hardly anybody came back. So number one, the Baishani rotted away. It was destroyed. Number two, rot set in, and the Jewish people, Baruch Hu said, I'm not going to send any monadim to give them terchacha. The role of the Novi, the job of the Novi, is to give Musa to straighten out the people that they shouldn't remain rotten. They should be from the so HaKadosh Baruch punished the Jewish people that he's not going to send Nevi'im to give the Rekivola to complain to the Jewish people here. Yeah. So that's what the Shittim Kulbetzis has in the first half in Baba Kama. When the Gemara says, You have no right to establish a Din based on a Pasuk in Kivola. What is Divi Kivola? So the Shittim says the pronunciation is Divi Kivola, words of complaint, and it refers to Nevi'im. It doesn't refer to Ksumah, it refers to Nevi'im. And on the side, on the margin in the Gemara, where they end up based on the base in Baba Kama, where it says, they refer you to a Rashi in the end of Chulun. The Rashi pronounces the word Dibri Kabbola. And Dibri Kabbola means the Vim And why is it called Dibri Kabbola? Because we have the Pasik in the end of Mishpatim, I think, and maybe in the end of Mishpatim, where it says, El Moshama Ale Alai Hohorab et Machas Luchas Evmaturba Nitzvah. So the Rambam and the Hakdomet to the Mishnah Torah quotes the Gemara in the beginning of Brochus that hey, I think, climb up the Harsin, tells ben, I will give you that's 
והתורה, דרסתי דרך המישהו חמישי תורה. והמצווה means the Torah שבעל פה. ואני רוצה לסתור את מצווה, זה תורה מינס תורה שקצר, ומצווה מינס תורה שבעל פה. אשר כוספתי refers to נביאים הקצובים, ולהוי רויסון refers to תלמוד. That everything was given to Moshe Abbeinu Harsina. What do you mean the Dima Ksuvim were given to Moshe Abbeinu? So that's, that's why we call it Dima Kabbalah. Everything was given to Moshe Abbeinu Harsina, but it wasn't neat on the Hikosav until generations later. So later on, over the centuries, there were many different Nevi'im, and every Navi was given time to deliver one of the Nevuas that was told to Moshe Abbeinu Harsina. And everything in the Dima Ksuvim, Ksuvim is called Dima Kabbalah. Everything was transmitted in Masora from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. I think we once mentioned that Mabit was together with Rabbi Yosef Karo in the Bezdin in Tzfat. They had a few famous Machlekes in together, but apparently 95% of all the Dinah they agreed upon, so they were able to function together in peace and harmony. So the Mabit wrote a sefer that's called Beis HaLukim. So at that time there were only Sfardim in Eretz Yisrael. There were no Ashkenazim. So the Mabit was a Sephardi, and they were all Sephardi. Rabbi Yesod Khan, they were all Sephardi. The Al-Sheikh, everybody was Sephardi. So the Mabit raises a question in Nusach Sephardi, when they recite Bechaz HaMazen, at the end of the first bracha, they say, Ko Amur, V'seich HaSedech HaMazbi Al-Chol Chai Ratzayim. But then he said, Brochat HaShem, Hazan HaSakol. What do you mean, Ko Amur? The Gemara said the first bracha was composed by Moshe Rabbeinu when the Mon came down on the Midbar. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ko Amur, V'seich HaSedech HaMazbi Zechaz Yadecha is an Ashrei, Tehila Ledovid. That's an Ashrei Tehila Ledovid. Dovid HaMalach composed that. What do you mean that Moshe Rabbeinu composed the first Brocha? So the Pashtun says that it was added on a later generation, said, and it's not, maybe it's not right to say that Pasukah, Zechaz Yadecha. The more said the first Brocha was composed by Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Mabit says, no, Moshe Rabbeinu was told every Pasuk, every idea that appears anywhere in the Vim Aksum, he was told. The word that was added in later generations was Ko'amur, as it says in Tanakh, as it says in the scripture. In the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't part of Torah Shabbat Shabbat. So Moshe Rabbeinu put in, because told them all of those Tzukim on top of Harsina. And later, generations later, when Ha'ashik Nesagdala decided, they canonized the Tanakh, they decided what belongs in the Kis Kodesh and what not, so they decided to put in all the Tehillim, of, of David HaMelech, so then they added the word Ka'amur, because the, they understood that Ashrei, that was composed by David HaMelech, belongs in Tilmah, belongs in Kisra Kodesh, so then you add the word uh, Ka'amur. So that's the reading that, Rashi, that the Rashi in the end of Chulun uh, has, that it's pronounced Direk Kabola. Direk Kabola means the things that were said over generation after generation, tradition from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu when he was on the top of our Sinai, but it shall reveal to him everything that it says in the Vimaksu, as opposed to the Shittim Kobetz on the first half in Baba Kama, that the correct pronunciation is Diri Kivola, and it doesn't refer to Ksu, it only refers to the Nadim, whose job it was, was to give Tachocha to the public. So, <clears throat> yeah. Then Igmara tells an interesting story that once there was a Baltfila, he was composing a piyot, adding a piyot to Menishman Esrei, he was praising the Rabbani Shalom. So he said, Ahud Denoch is Kamei the Rabbi. He was davening for Anamit. Denoch is Kamei Yorid Lifnei Ateva. He was the Shleat Tzibah. So he was adding on to Nishman Esrei. So he said, 
Tzayamtinu, you made a siyam, you finished all the praises you can, Lishvachi de Marach. You used all the possible praises of your master, Abdur Rabban Shalom. The three that we say, no, we have a four, is only because Moshe Abbein Adavan like that and because it's included in the, in the Pasuk and Chumash. Amongst whom there were common Evim. That's how the Gemara said, Anshik Tesakadola were the ones who composed all of the Tfilas and all the Brochas. And the Gemara says there were 120 Rabbana, but by common Evim. Amongst them were several Evim. Rabchai Malajan writes in the Nefesh Achayim, what was the significance of those three words, Bayam Kamenavim? That's a Loshan Agamara. So he says, because to compose a Nusach Atfili, you have to have a Ruach HaKodesh, you have to have a Koyach HaNavudah, a Koyach to know what's a proper praise and what's not. And what's a Nusach Atfili that's still lasting today? The Shman Esra that they compose is almost exactly the same as what we say. We had to change a little bit because the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, so we took out. There must have been parts where they prayed for the uh, continued existence of the Beis Hamikdash. So that we left out. We prayed for the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, but uh, the rest of the trilus are intact because they had a Kohen says in Brachas, they had to find a Mokam in Tanach that you have a right to compose a trilus with eighteen parts, man Esrei. And then when they added Vilamashinim, they had to find a mocker for the 19th uh, bracha. And then on the tiny Sibur, the Chazan adds on, and the Chazar Sashat of Mincha, he adds on another six brachas to the 18, adds up to 24. The Gemara said there's a mocker in Tanakh that you have a right to offer a tefillah with 24 units in it. And then you have a mocker in Tanakh to have a tefillah on Rosh Hashanah, Musa, we say, Machran So we have nine brachas instead. You should really have ten. She have the first three, Gimel Rishonis, Gimel Achrenes, Malchus Vranesharfis is another three, and then you should say another bracha for the Kedusha Sayyim. We don't, nobody says ten brachas, we say nine brachas. Why? Mara said because they only found a Makar and Tanakh for a Tfilu with nine units. There is no Makar for a Tfilu with ten. So there were three opinions in the days of the Tanai. Which two themes do you combine together? There are really ten themes. It should have required ten different brachas, and we only have nine brachas. So there were three different opinions. Which ones he joined together? And the same thing on Shabbos and Yontav, not on Musaf on Rosh Hashanah, when they have Malchus Rosh Hashanah. Every Shabbos and Yontav, we have seven brachas. Gimel Hashanah is Gimel Achrenes. Then the brachem tzoyz is about Kedusha Sayyim. So the Gemara says, yeah, they found a Mokim in Tanakh that did such a thing as a tefillah with nine units. So for t- to compose the tefillahs, you need uh, people with Rosh Hashanah, and, uh, and with Karach HaNavuah, to know how to compose. The Gemara says... And we should have 25 brachas. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. It could be that uh, the that, uh, practice of having 24 was before they added Vilam Al-Shinim. I don't know. It could be after they added Vilam Maybe they didn't say the 24 anymore. It's a very good question. I don't know the answer. You should look there. A few swarm written on, on tefillah. They probably deal with this. It's a very good question. I don't know. So the Gemara says, the Gemara has here, Moshe Adam here on, on the second wide line, on the Abchafeim et al. Moshe Adam Shaila El Fafi Allah Din Rezov. A person is a multi-billionaire, and they praise him that he has $100 in the bank. $100 in the bank is a joke. He's a multi-billionaire. So if a, a layman is going to compose a tefillah, 
adding on more and more, it may be that what he says is a design to the Rabbanu Shalom. The Gemara says, after the period of Anshek Nesagdala, also the Sapa B'Shvachu Shalmok, you're not allowed to compose your own broches, because Mimal Gros Hashem, Yashmiel Kol who has the right to compose a tefillah, Mishiroi Vashmiel Kol one who knows how to praise HaKadosh Baruch, you have to have a Kerch HaNavuah, you have to have a Ruach HaKadosh, Stam to make a brocha not. Someone showed me an essay written by a woman who thinks that she's Orthodox. So she complains about the fact that um, when her son, her son's Dabin Farnamid and her husband Dabin Farnamid, when she's in shul on time, so they say the Baruch Hashalom Asani Isha. She feels very insulted by that. And she says the Baruch Hashalom Kirtzono. She's hoping for the day that we'll do away with the Shalom Asani Isha and everybody will say Shalom Asani So the truth of the matter, nobody should say Shalom Asani that was a bracha that didn't exist in the days of the Gemara. And it was invented in the Middle Ages. Same thing. They quote the Vilna God didn't recommend that women shouldn't say Shosani Kirtzano. It was composed after the Kufa Sanchek Nesak Daila. The Gemara says, also the Sapa B'Shocho Shomach. And now to compose your own brachas. And the same thing, it's not from the days of the Gemara. The Rosh, in the beginning of Ksuvah, and the Gemara quotes the text of the Birchus Erisim, then the text of the Shevet Brachas, Birchus Nisuin. So the, uh, so the Rosh over there has a bracha that was composed in the days of the Goinim uh, after the Chosen Kala together. And the Chosen found, uh, finds Dan Besulim, so he sees everything is okay. So they have a whole Nusach bracha that they invented. The days of the God. So the Rosh says, we don't say that bracha. Nobody says that bracha. Because the Gemara says, also the Sapa B'Shvachu Shalmachim. You don't know what you're talking about. We praise HaKadosh Baruch We say, Anim is nearest. We say a lot of Piyutim. It's a problematic. Even if you're not saying a bracha. The Piyutim are also problematic. So we say, Anim is nearest. And then at the end, we end off, Mimal Gros Hashem Yashmiel Kol Teilosai. That's like saying, we really have no right to say what we just said. We just said, Anim is we may not know what we're talking about. It could be that we're embarrassing the Rabbanu Shalom. Like the person who has Elif Alfei Din Rezov, and you praise him that he has $100 in the bank account, he has billions of dollars in the bank account, not hundreds of dollars. Genaihu lo. Love Genaihu lo, the Gemara says. So we really shouldn't... The Gemara's not happy about any of these piyutim. It's certainly not about brachas. You shouldn't compose your own brachas. That's a shayla about uh, when a child becomes by mitzvah. So the practice is that they say the bracha 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 But because it doesn't appear in the Gemara anywhere, so many assume that it's post-Talmudic and it wasn't composed by the Anshik Nesasagadayla. So they quote from the Vilna Gaon, he was a big stickler not to say shasali, shasani kirtzono, and not to say any bracha that wasn't composed but not check Nesak the Gemara said you shouldn't say. But the but the, the bracha that you recite when the child becomes bar mitzvah, that appears in the Bereshis Rabbah. The Bereshis Rabbah is from the days of the Amaroim. The other Midrashi Rabbah are from later generations, I think. But the Bereshis Rabbah is supposed to be an older one. So the Vilna Gaon said, that one we should say with Shem Hashem. That you should say, because that did it, that apparently was what the Anshek Nesak Daila, because in the days of the Amaran, they used to say. 
So Rashi quotes the the Medrash and the post calls man them were young children. So they were all in Chayim and he couldn't have a difference between Yaakov and Esau. But it became Bar Mitzvah that then Yaakov went his way to go learn the base Medrash. And Esau went his way to go to the churches to worship over the Zor and to do property, to be a hunter. So the Pasuk says there, when the child becomes by the Medrash Rabbi says there, that by Yidl HaNarim, that when the children become Bar Mitzvah, the father said the Bracha, so the Gilad on the Goran says it, did, it was composed by the Anshik. The Gemara is not a Siddur. The Gemara is not Mechayif to mention every single Brach in the world. For example, the Gemara never says a word about Brach Shama and Yishtabah. So the Magana Brahm assumes that it was composed post-Talmudic. So it doesn't have the same severity as a Brach for the Anshik. So he says, let's say someone is in the middle of saying Brach Shama, as Chazan is saying, someone saying Kaddish or Baruch or something. Are you allowed to answer in the middle of a Baruch? So he says, the first part of Baruch Shomah, before you say Baruch Hato Hashem, that for sure, that's Shvachim, that's a Piyot. So then for sure you should answer, Omen Yehish Merabba, Baruch or whatever. But what about the second part of Baruch, of Baruch Shomah? When it says Baruch Hato Hashem, the, the Baruch is the last, second half of Baruch Shomah is the Baruch. So the Mogad Avram thinks, that it's never mentioned in the Gemara Baruch Shama, so it means it's post-Talmudic. It was uh, it was instituted after the Anshiknes Agdola, so it doesn't have the full status of a bracha. And therefore, he says you're allowed to answer Amen uh, to any other bracha in the middle of the second half Baruch Shama. So the Mishkan is says, "What are you talking about? The Gemara is not a sitter. The Gemara is not mechayiv to mention every bracha in existence." You have other you have other makaris for Baruch Shama and Yishtabah. He thinks that it always exists. It was for the days of Anshak Nesagdod, otherwise we wouldn't be saying it now. We don't recite. We try to avoid saying all the brachas that uh, that were not composed by Anshak Nesagdod. Yeah, that is that is a problem. Tessa says that was composed after the days that it is clearly in the Mishnah doesn't have Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen Yamein yeah that was the bracha the, most of it is Tzukim but then that's a post-Tamuri bracha right so that's what the Vilna Gon says it's not proper to say yeah it's how great how great is one is because Baruch Hashem is every serum we say we don't say it the one time, how many of his before Baruch Shema? It's an every sitter. How many of Okay, that's okay to say. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a bracha. That's not a tefillah at all. No, no, I mean, hitting mochan mezuman to do the mitzvah reciting sukkah mezuman. Okay, that's from the Hasidim. They introduce hitting mochan mezuman. But the every sitter. Yeah. Yeah, in the days of Nadi Yehuda, they didn't have the ability that every balabas and shul had a dalad meaning. So they bought for the rabbi and they bought for the shul. Sometimes they only bought for the rabbi. The rabbi would give it to each balabas matanam aslahakse. So one balabas came and he asked that Nadi Yehuda wants to be yotze lulav. So he gave matanam aslahakse. Then the balabas started to say hinei mochan mizom lekayim mitzvah zarba minim, like it says in a lot of sidurim. So he took back the esrog from him. He says. I don't give it to uh, Hasidim. 
It's against the halacha. Because the Gemara has a din, stomalishma. When you're doing a mitzvah, you don't have to think kavana, mitzvah, tzichas kavana. You're shaking a lulav. What then are you doing? Stomalishma. We assume you're doing a lishem shema. And the reciting of hinim mukham zulma kayim in order to make it into lishma is not necessary. So he was opposed to that if Yehuda has a little chuba, just one paragraph. Usually the chubas are longer than one paragraph. He says that the recitation of hinim mukham zulma the kind birchas hamazna, the kind mitzvahs lula, whatever. Every time the kind mitzvahs kiddush, every time they do a mitzvah, say hinim mukham zulma. Says it's against halacha because even if he wouldn't say it, we would assume that it's going to be stamalishma. But he was uh, he was anti uh, Hasidic. The Rebbe Yehuda was a cousin of the uh, Balshemtev by marriage. <laughs> they lived for a while. They lived in the same village, in a little village, and then and then the Rebbe Yehuda went to the big city. He became the rabbi in uh, um, in Prague. The rabbi that was on the cutting edge of the all the mishigasim that were going on in that generation. Then the Gemara makes it that Hakol b'dei shamayim chutz meyira shamayim. So Tosis says, where do we see that? So Tosis, Tosis over here quotes the pasuk from Yirmiyah. We have it in Haftarah. Ayisalel chacham chachmasa ayisalel gibor bigvurus ayisalel lashir biyashro kimizos ayisalel hamisalel haskel biyadoya osi. So why should one not brag about the fact? and Gibor Big and Asha because the Gemara says in Nida that the Malacha Mamuna of Haherayim, when a woman becomes a married woman becomes pregnant, so the Malacha Mamuna of Haherayim is Kaveya whether this baby will be a Chacham Gibor or Ashir. Why does the Gemara mention those three? It's an Agarate in Nida. The Malacha Mamuna of Haherayim declares, determines whether this baby is about the woman is becoming pregnant. Before the baby is born, what's going to be? This is in his genes. So he has no right to brag about his chachma and his gvura and his ashiras, because that was menashamayim. That's in his genes. That's how called the day shamayim, chutz me yerush shamayim. Where they going to be a chachin giber asher? That's determined in a shamayim. The malach hamimunah hayrayim determines that. But yerush shamayim, that's haskel v'yadayis. Bechirah chavshis, bechirah chavshis. Everyone has bechirah chavshis to do mitzvahs and to do averes. The Rambam writes in his Hakdomah to Pirkei Avos. The Rambam wrote a Pirush Hamishnayis on Pirkei Avos. So he writes, he wrote a Hakdomah that has eight chapters. They apparently never gave it a title, so we call it the Shmaina Prakam La Rama, the eight chapters of introduction to the Pirkei So he uh, he writes over there that there are those who think that Shiduchem Amin Hashemayim. So he said, how could Shiduchem Amin Hashemayim? Either you marry a witch who's going to make you do averes, she's not going to observe Taras Hamishpacha, not going to observe Kashrus, she's going to cause you to be Nechshal. She won't let you learn, she won't let you down. Well, she's going to be a tzaddikis, and she's going to force you to keep mitzvahs, Torah mitzvahs. And the pasuk says in Echem Ipeel Yon Lo Seitzio Haroes VeHatoyv. Hakadosh Baruch is not goes around people that they should do toyv or they should do raw. Where they're going to be, the Gemara says the Malach Amumuna Haheroyan decides determines whether it'll be a Chacham Giber Oshir, Chacham Atipesh Giber Cholosh Oshir Ani, but Tzadik Rosh Aloi Komer. 
The Gemara says, why? Because that's Hakobi Deishamayim. That's Kriva Chavshis. is on that. So that's what the Gemara says. Hakobi Deishamayim. Whether you have green eyes, or you have uh, blonde hair, or you have uh, dark hair, or you're going to be heavy, or skinny, or tall, or short. That's all in the genes. Hakobi Deishamayim. Chutz Mi Yerushamayim. That's Bechira. Everybody has Bechira Chavshis. Today, many, many of the psychologists believe that nobody has any Bechira Chavshis. Everyone who's born has like a computer set up in his mind, so it's already nikva when the child is born, it's already in his genes, what kind of a girl he's going to marry, what kind of a job he's going to live, what kind of a community he's going to live in, and what kind of a style of living he's going to have. They don't, they, the psychologists, most of them, do not believe in Bechir Rechavshiz at all. That's why uh, you have to be careful when you go to a psychologist, because a lot of them don't believe at all in Bechir Rechavshiz. I remember many, many years ago, I was reading, I used to sometimes look at the Sunday New York Times, they have one section has book reviews. So someone wrote a book review on a book by a psychologist. So the psychologist had a whole bunch of kashas, that it seems that there is such a thing as Bechir Rechavshiz. And that's absolutely anathema. There is no such thing. So the one who wrote the book review said, maybe there is, that's Mamish Lobal Bechashma. Maybe there is Bechir Rechavshiz. That the author of the book said, there is, that cannot be. So that he was left with Tiyuftas, he had Kashis. How can it be? This, that, the other thing. There is no such thing as Bechir Rechavshiz. Such a Dover Poshit by most of the psychologists. We believe in Bechir Rechavshiz. We believe if there's no Bechir Rechavshiz, there's no Schavi Yonish. You don't deserve to be punished with Dina Averis. You don't deserve to get reward if you do mitzvahs. If everything is uh, set up in your computer mind, what you got to do? So why should it be Zechari Yadish? That's a double portion that we believe. So the Gemara says, Shunema, how do you know Chutz Mirisham? Moshe Abedah is giving Musa to Chochot to Meisro. Vato Yisrael, Mo'ashem Lokech Shomim Akim Liyira. It's up to you. The Rav Shalom is asking you to make this decision in life, to have Yerusham Ayim, to do the mitzvahs and not to do Averis. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's up to you. So you see that the uh, Yerushamayim is, uh, is Bechir Chavshis. Then the Gemara says, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, that's, what is it? What is Rabbi Shalom asking of you? He's hardly asking anything. Hardly asking anything to be a Yerushamayim. It's not so easy at all. So the Gemara asks, out the year of Milsa Zutra Sahi. Moshe Rabbeinu says, all the Rabbi Shalom asking of you is to have Yerushamayim. How many people do you know have Yerushalayim? Very few people. How can Moshe Rabbeinu say such a lot? And for the Gemara, yes, and the Gabi Moshe Rabbeinu Milsa Zutra see. Well, Moshe Rabbeinu had such Yerushalayim, but to him it was second nature. It was such a double pushet that you have Yerushalayim. So the Gemara gives a Moshe Lord and Shavavach Manikli Gadol, ask a person, can I borrow your lawnmower? He has 20, 10 lawnmowers. I'll be happy to, no problem. And if you ask him, can I borrow a, a knife? He, he doesn't have a knife. A knife is a small thing. A lawnmower is a gigantic thing. So if you ask a person for the lawnmower, he has it, that's nothing. I'll lend you uh, 10 lawnmowers. But if you ask him for a cotton, the he doesn't have it. It's so difficult for him. So since my Shabbat had so much Yerushalayim, so to him it was a double portion. What did Barashlam want from you? Just an ounce of Yerushalayim. Yeah, that's the Poshib Shatan Yigimar. The Darshan used to say a different touch, but it doesn't fit into the Loshan Yigimar. The Gemara says, Ota Yira, Nilsa Zutra Sahi. Is it so easy to have Yerushamayim? Moshe Abedah says, 
Rebbe is not asking so much of you. And for the Gemara, if you live in a generation with Moshe Rabbeinu, and you look up to him, and he's your leader, then the Yerushalayim will rub off on you. If you if you hang around, if you're friendly with people of Yerushalayim, so it'll grow on you, so it'll be easier for you. Legabi Moshe, if you live in a generation where Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader, then there's a Milsuzutrusi. It's a nice touch, but it doesn't fit into the next line in the Gemara. That's not the Poshib Shat anymore, but it's probably true. If you live in a generation with big tzaddikim, so the, all of the people will be able to have bigger tzaddikim. At the end of the Musaf Tabadavin on Yom Anaroim, we ask for the Rabbana Shaloylam that Ukvosh Kaskha Vachalei Deva Vachel Vura Vishvil Mashpis Vahavon. How can we ask him to Avon if Akobi De Shomayim? We ask him to give us the Akadishmai that we shouldn't sin. Yeah. We, we do. We pray for other people, like the Gemara says in, uh, in the beginning of Brachas. The Gemara says that Rabbi Meir had a bunch of Jewish gangsters who lived in his neighborhood, and he used to pray the Rabbi Shlomo they should drop dead. So his wife was Bruria, so she said, Why do you pray they should drop dead? They're not hardcore, you show him. The Apostle is a person that does that is a person who is the physical embodiment of sin, like Hitler, uh, or like uh, Saddam Hussein, or like these, um, like these Palestinian um, sinwa, whatever, like these Palestinian uh, murderers. The mama physical embodiment of sin, like Tovar Amalek says, Anit Filo, means Anit Isht Filo, but he said, Anit Filo, I'm a physical embodiment of Tfilo. He said, Ani Shalom, Chiyadav Ve'ahim Ala Mocham. What does it mean? Ani Shalom, it means Ani Ish Shalom. But I'm, I'm so into Shalom, I became a physical embodiment of Shalom. So that's what the Nesibis explained. Nesibis has a shaper on Agathis. It's called Nachos Yaakov. That's Chuvis by the Nesibis. And then it has Dibri uh, Agor. He was a rabbi in the community. He gave a lot of sermons. So a lot of the sermons were printed in the Nachos Yaakov. Then he has comments on Agathis. And the Gemara said, that's how he interprets that Gemara. So, Bruya, Eshe, Shabbat, Allah, Hazmi, Dovramel, Pesi, Tamachatoim. He didn't say Tamachotim. Anyone who does Avera. It's those people who are hardcore Balei Avera. That they became physical representations of sin, physical embodiment of the concept of sin. Those, you should pray that they should die. But rather than pray they should die, these people pray that they should be Chaisa the Chuvah. The Gemara says, he listened to his wife, Rabmeya, did. He prayed and they were chayzim So he said that there is such a thing. He prays for someone else, or we pray for ourselves. Sometimes pray for other people. Rebbeinu Shalom, help them out. Ashvein Avinu l'sarasecha, ikavein makin alavet esecha. We ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu help us out that we should do tshuva. We should be tzaddik. He said he will. He will help us out. We have the chiruch option, but we need a lot of siyatelishmai. Yeah. 
after he does it, you take him privately and you tell him it's not proper. You shouldn't do that. But Meshaskanasa means you, you, you make him stop talking right away in the middle. You mafsuk him in the middle. So you're telling me, say Shema Shema. It's the same as Moedim Moedim Meshaskanasa. Here it says only that it's Maguna. That's less than Meshaskanasa. Everything more like Kasha. It depends how Dhamma Milsa Milsa Vitanila, how Dhamma Psukha Psukha Vitanila. If he says a whole Pasuk, that makes sense. Then he says another the Pasuk a second time, a third time. So that's Mishasket also, because that's Mechzik Yishtei Mishuyas. But if he says word by word, he says Shema, Shema, he says each word ten times, till he thinks that he pronounced the Ayan correctly, he pronounced the Pata correctly, whatever. So that sounds like a Leitzan. It doesn't sound like Shtei Mishuyas at all. It sounds like a Leitzan. He said, that's Meguna. But it wouldn't be Mishaskenos. So that's what the, the Mishnah Brewer and Ramosha on the Supik, if he say word by word, you keep on repeating words in the middle, it sounds like a Leitzona, so it doesn't mean therefore you're not Yotze Kriyashma. It's Meguna not Yotze. So you say, no, it's a Meguna, it's ridiculous, but you are Yotze. Ramosha is not to, to say that you're not Yotze. Well, then the Gemara says, what's so bad? Why is it so big? He says, Shema, he said the whole person. Then he says again, maybe the first time he was in Mechave, the Dilmen Maybe the first time he said, Shema, he, he didn't have Kavana, and then the second time he repeats it, then he's going to have Kavana. The Mara says, No. What is he, buddy, buddy with the Rabbi Shalom, that he says things without paying attention? He should have had the full Kavana the first time. He's body body with the Rabbanu Shalom that he can stammer and stutter and say it over twice and joke around with him. That's not right. If he doesn't pay attention before he starts, he should have had Kavana the first time. He doesn't have Kavana. We should beat him up. We should give him Malkus. We should have Kavana before he starts. That's not an excuse. That he had to say the post of God again because he wasn't Mechavan the first time. Should have Kavana the first time. That's not right. Then the Mara says, They're not using Shem Hashem. So maybe that's a way of saying, Oh, uh, like it's not so much that it's Chabruso, but you're not really, we're not really, maybe we're not Choshis for Shteva Shuvios. You're not using Shem Hashem like the song. And in the song, he's, he's, using, he's saying the word Hashem. He's not using Shem Hashem. Is that, is that a. Meaning, like, it, it, it's clear that he's not trying to be mechavim with this Rishos and that Rishos and the third Rishos and the fourth Rishos. Why not? How is it clear? Because he's not using Shem Hashem. He's not using the actual Kriya Shem Hashem. He's saying, he Hashem. He's saying, I don't know. Maybe? I don't, think, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right. Rav Shakhtar, how come Shnayim Kriya Vechakargam is permissible because you know you, you have to say the Pasuk twice then you repeat it again no he's saying in Targum that people didn't all know Hebrew so it was a good idea to give a Targum they used to say Targum Onkelis and then by a lot of Swarim they said by Svardim they would say the Targum of uh, of Sadigam which is in Arabic they would say the Arabic Targum no, but no, but but nowadays when we when we uh, do shnai kriya, shnai mikra, yeah, shnai mikra, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so 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 why is that uh, why is that okay? It sounds like shteirish shuyos. 
Nah, we're saying it softly. Nobody's listening when they're this. The guy's saying out loud, Shmai Yisrael twice. Megan twice. If you say softly, nobody knows what you're saying. I don't think that's a problem. That's like Hazara, like and you, you learn Gemara. So the Gemara there then says, you have to review, every time you learn a, something in the Gemara, you have to say over the Gemara four times. You have to say the Gemara a hundred times not to forget it. And the Gemara says, if one says a hundred one times, it's even better. If you only chaz the Gemara a hundred times, how can it compare to one chaz the Gemara a hundred one times? So the hundred times, hundred one times, that's in order not to forget, to memorize it. But even forgetting about not forgetting it, the Gemara says, before you do it four times, you haven't understood it. We assume it sometimes takes four times to you say over the Gemara straight, and you understand it. Yeah. The Gemara says before you give a shear, you're supposed to go over the material uh, at least four times. They tell the story years ago, man, when I was a Talmud in the Yeshiva, they used to tell stories about Rav Shach, that he was once giving a shear in Panavish Yeshiva, and uh, he'd stopped after 45 minutes, he didn't say for an hour. He said, up until this point, I went over the Gemara four times. Near on, he only went over it three times. He didn't go over the fourth time. And the Medrash says, that Rabbi Kiva was once in Shul by Mincha Ma'ariv, and the Balabatim asked him, Can he give a Vatoira? Between Mincha Ma'ariv, they're going to wait for it, say, Sakachov, and Tadab Ma'ariv. So he said he didn't prepare. So he said, What do you mean, they're prepared? You're sitting and learning all day in the sheep. He said, No. When the Rabban Shalom gave the Torah, there's a Pasiganiyov, I think the Gemara says, Azra, Vaisaprech, Akina, Echina, Chakor, Vegam, Darosha. The Rabban Shalom went over the Torah four times before he proclaimed. The Baruch Shalom did it, and it's recorded in Tanakh, so we have to do the same. The Balkari is not allowed to land, it's in Hilchas Kriyas HaTorah, in, in the beginning of Arachayim, in Kuflam Ches over there, I think. So it says the Balkari has to either prepare the parsha three times or four times, he has to go over. And the Rebbe gives his shir, is supposed to go over the material also three or four times. So he only said uh, half a shir, and he stopped in the middle. He said he didn't prepare the rest of the Gemara four times. Yeah. I used to have, when I was in high school, I had a Rebbe who never prepared anything. So he said he wants to show the students how to make a lenin. So if he'll prepare, he's not going to show them how to make a lenin. So the Davki would come totally unprepared and try to figure out what Pshat was in front of the students so that he should show them how you learn the Gemara, or how you make a lenin on the Gemara. But uh, I think that's not right. More correct is like the Gemara, so you got to prepare for what time. It's a medrash about Rabbi Kiva. He told the Balabatim, he's not prepared, and you can't even say Advaitar Temechamar without preparing. You have to prepare a few times. I remember um, when my father in law was in the hospital, he was on his deathbed a day or two before he passed away. So we were in the room, and he had a sheet on him. He was hardly moving at all. He was uh, half dead already. So there was a Jewish doctor there, and uh, he was going to look at my father-in-law's bodies to see how he's doing. He's holding by the end, but he didn't know how far. So there were people in the room. So he was asking everybody, how are you related? How you? I said, I'm a son-in-law, and this is a daughter, the son. So the doctor said, Lo segala, lo segala, ever sabicha lo segala, 
So he interpreted a Jewish doctor. He interpreted literally. There's not a lot to be in the room when they're uncovering the body of your father. So those who are children, he said, they have to leave the room. Because he's going to take off the sheet and he's going to uncover his body. I wasn't the son, so he said, I can stay. And those who were children, he told them they have to leave. That's not shot in the Pusik. Doesn't mean not to uncover the, the private parts of the body. It goes either on Mishkav Zacha with the father, it goes on Eshes of And it doesn't mean not to reveal negative information about the parents also. That's uh, mis- this translation. Yeah. Then the next Mishnah talks a little bit about the Kriyasapera. So the practice in the days of the days of the Gemara, the days of the Tanaim would be whoever got Naftir, the Kriyasapera you have to lane that's a Takanasracha. You have to lane the whole Kriyasapera. We don't we don't leave out any section from the Chumash. Even though it may be embarrassing for the Jewish people, embarrassing for Moshe Rabbeinu, embarrassing for Aaron Akoin, the Takonos Cham was, you have to learn the whole Kriyasatur. We can sometimes say a parsha is Nikro Vodomi Targem. Maybe you shouldn't say Targum Onkelis or Absadi Gran Arabic Targum. We don't have to explain everything. If a lot of people in the Shul don't understand the Pasuk, so if it's an embarrassment to Aaron Akoin, embarrassment to Moshe Rabbeinu, so there's no mitzvah to say the Targum on the Pasuk, just learn it. When it comes to Nevi'im, in the days of the Tanaim, the practice was that whoever got Maftir had the right to pick whatever Haftarah he wants to lane, provided that's Minyana Diyayma. What does it mean, Minyana Diyayma? So usually it means it should have a theme in common with something in the Parsha Soshavua, connected with the Parsha Soshavua. Sometimes it's not connected with the Parsha Soshavua, but it's rather in Yana Diyayma, it's rather in Yana Diyayma of something that's happening. Like uh, the Ramor in Shulchan Aruch quotes the practice from the days of the Baleatesis, that a chassan who just got married in Shivas Me'amishta, the first week after the wedding, uh, the meaning is that he gives him a maftir, and he says the haftar that we have printed from Nitzavim. So, 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 why do you pick that section of Novi? Because it talks about a chosen cow. Or, uh, or when I think Rabbi Shreve Gwen passed away and they appointed the son of Haigwen to take over being the head of the yeshiva, the Rosh Yeshiva in Bovel. So they laid on that, that Shabbos that they took over. So they laid for him the Haftarah. Moshe Abdi Mace, and I want you, Yeshua Benun, to take over. Because Rabbi Sherigran passed away, and they want the, the son, Rabbi Gran, should take over. So sometimes after it has to do with uh, who's in Shul and what's happening in the world. Sometimes it has to do with the season. Let's say on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, so you say the after Hashemayim Kisi. Because it mentions about the. Uh, or if you have Mocha uh, Chodesh, 
if Shabbos is Erev Rosh Chodesh, is on Sunday, then you say Machar Chodesh. So it has to do with the season of the year. So that's all in Yon Adiyon. So the one who got Mafta had a right to pick whatever Haftar he wants, provided that it fits him in Yon Adiyon. So the Mishnah has a Machlekes about certain Haftaris. Maybe it's improper to say certain Haftaris. Maybe you should avoid them. So there's a Machlekes of Blazon Achachamim Bar Hodas Yerushalayim. That's a Haftar in Yechezkel, where the Novi is instructed by HaKadosh to give Muslim and Tachacha to the Jews that live in Yerushalayim, that they violate Gilead Arayas and Shri Chazdamim, and they violate everything, all the Yisurim and the Ter. So, um, the Reb is of the opinion, Machlein Sablez and the Chachamim, and the Chacham hold, uh, it's okay. You're permitted, you're permitted to say that after, if Parshish Achim is Kedoshim, but the Psuk can talk about Gilead Arayas, so you can choose that as after. Abdelaziz said that it's not right. You shouldn't. You shouldn't choose that after. What's wrong exactly? Why should you not take that after? So in a lot of defamation, they tell you it's a machlekes the levush. I think the taisus yontav. I forgot about. They tell you by achrei moiskel. They tell you which achreinim had a machlekes. Some say the navi was told to give musa to the answer Yerushalayim that they violate Gilead. They violate terrible others. But why should we pick that? We can say any other after. Any other section for Navi that connects with any else, anything else in the, in the Parsha, in Yon of Yom, why should we pick the Apkele one? The Navi was instructed, directed by Barashalom, give Tochacha to the people, the Vadenigil, right? Why should we pick that one? And then the other Achrainim say, no, that's not the problem. They're two Nevois near each other in Yechesko, where he is told to give Tochacha to Anshe Yerushalayim. So one of them, and one of them, Rabbi says, you're not allowed to, because the Navi complains, your parents, your ancestors, Avram and Sarah, must have been rotten people if they have rotten grandchildren like you. So that's, we should be Mavaza, Avram and Sarah. So some Achrayim hold that Kepeda, Rabbi we're Machma like that. We usually avoid saying the Haftar. But which is the Haftar that you should avoid? The one where he complains about the Averis that they do? That's not right to complain about the Navi complaint he was sent by Nebuah, but we, are, we were not told to pick that after. Pick a different section from the Navi. Or is it we shouldn't pick the one where the Navi is complaining, look at Abraham and look at Sarah, what, what did they do that was wrong that they came up with uh, descendants like you? But that's a machlekes, if the after that, uh, that's printed in the Chumash is the one that the Rebbe Lezer holds you're not supposed to say. Absolutely, pointed out but very often, Achim Mois Kedoshim go together. So whenever you have Mechubarim, two sedras together on one Shabbos, so the Avodron quotes two Minhodim, where they say the Haftar of the first sedra, the Haftar of the second sedra. So our meaning is, we usually say the Haftar of the second sedra, but the second sedra, that's the Machlekes of Hodesh Yerushalayim is Tavay Seho. So we're Machmer, even though we incorrect we don't pass them like Rabbi Lezer. Higmar said, we rarely pass them like Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer, Shamutihu. He was from the Beishamai, and he was usually outvoted. Now, here also he was outvoted. But the meaning is that we avoid saying that after. So if you, when you have Mechubarim, so here we, we don't say, we don't say the after from Kiddush, and we say the after from Achari Mois. Kushim. So that's when they're Mechubarim. When they're not Mechubarim, so sometimes it'll be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So we're not going to say... Tavis Yimshan, we're going to say Hashem Kisi. 
Sometimes it'll be Shabbos will be Erevash Chodesh. He say Machal Chodesh. Once in many many years, it's going to be. It won't be Mechubarim and it won't be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh and it won't be and it won't be Erevash Chodesh. So that's when you have the Shabbos should be say Tevus Yerushalayim. So it's printed in the Chumash that you say. It. So Rabbi Solveig said where he came from in Lithuania, the minute was that they would say Hello Kivnei Kushim two Shabbosim in a row. They would never say that after. Even though we passed it, you're allowed to say it. The minute was to follow a blazer, not to say the Haftar of Tehavis Yerushalayim. So it's interesting, many years ago, there was a Talmud Chacham, he passed away a long time ago, Soraya Debalitsky. He was a Chazanish, he was a He put out a Luach. So the people surrounding the Chazanish didn't have too much respect for Absalvechik. He went to university. The Chazanish, in fact, uh, had one of the Stambidim write a whole attack against the Shtikot Torah there of Salvechik Pinter because he was afraid, Chazanish was afraid that they were going to accept him. The Rav was a candidate for the Rabbanus in Tel Aviv in 1935. That's when his daughter, Rebetzin Lichtenstein, was born when he was in Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't in America when she was born. And she didn't, she wasn't given a name until a few weeks later. Because his mother wanted to name her uh, Gittel after her mother, Tova. Her mother's name is Gittel. And he, on the telephone, he spoke to his mother. So he said, who knows if the baby will be good. He didn't want to name her Gittel, Tova. And uh, so he said, oh, I'll wait till he comes back to America. So a couple, it took a couple of weeks till he came back. I think he went by boat. He didn't go by, by plane. When he came back, and then he said, when he came back, so his mother won out anyway. His mother did saw to it that they did name the baby after her mother Gittel. So when the Rav was in Eretz Yisrael, so he, he said over a, a certain Dvar was which was stunning, a beautiful Dvar and then someone printed it in his own name. So Moshev Soloveitchik wanted everybody to know that the other one lifted it from his son. So he, he printed it in the Torah journals, and he said everyone should know that someone gambled it. He doesn't say who. Someone gambled it for my son, and my son said the Chazanish was afraid that they're going to like it, and they may appoint him as the rabbi in, in, uh, in Tel Aviv, and he didn't, he was opposed to the Rav's candidacy to be Rav in Tel Aviv. So he said, he asked one of his Talmudim to write a whole attack against it. So he said, the Rav Elbala Salvechik made a comment. This was such a good shtick on Torah, this is what they were attacking. They should have attacked the other things that he said. Why they attack this one? This one was juicy. It was about I think it was about uh, Netaravai Bishal Nochri. If a guy has a farm and he wants to volunteer to observe the din in Netaravai, it's a very beautiful shtetl term. So the Chazanish was not happy about the fact that Rav Soloveitchik went to university. So nonetheless, this heroi, it was after the war. And many Talmud HaChacham were killed. And no one knew what the Menhagim were. Rav Soloveitchik, as a child, was a big stickler on all the Menhagim. He learned all the Menhagim. So, so Roy Devolitsky printed a luach and he writes, Rabbi Soloveitchik from Boston said that the meaning in Europe was where he came from, that you never say the Haftar after it was Yerushalayim, even when there's no excuse to get rid of it. He just say two weeks in a row, I look at Nekushim, because when Machmalak Rablazer, Machmalak Rablazer's sheet in the Mishnah. Some of the Mikros Kedolos, the washroom, out of the Haftar is reversed. They have the Cheskal Haftar. I'm looking at one right now. This yeah. Is, 